This is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do. And if you have any questions, please email us at info at bellcroftbiblechurch.org or org, depending on what part of the country you're from. Here we have Mr. Uh, well, I- I'm Mr. Buddy Boone and uh, Pastor uh, Matt White is from Bellcroft Bible Church. How you doing today, sir? I'm enjoying being at the, the podcast school of Buddy Boone. <laughs> I have no idea. Is that an accredited school? Is it? it ought to be, man. I'm, I'm learning by leaps and bounds, man. You, you're learning me like crazy. It's a blessing. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're learning because I'm learning too. And uh, a, a woman that I've learned a lot from and a lot through, <laughs> uh, that's the, the wonderful voice, the, the wonderful giggle that you hear in the background. Uh, that is uh, the, the, the most wonderful woman in the world. Uh, and her name is Beverly Boone. How are you doing today, dear? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, that's the first time I could say dear on the podcast, and it's not weird. Uh, amen. <laughs> Baby, can you speak it to the mic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that was a little weird. <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> okay, it was weird. So, uh, all right. So, uh, uh, we are. this is the question and answer uh, number two, um, and uh, we're going to just get right into it Uh Beverly has a series of questions that she has, and uh, they are actually have been very, very good uh, questions that we've done. Very good. Very Beverly good always there. has good questions. She does. She yep. does. Almost yeah. every Sunday after the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Matt. He's no. coming. He's like, here we go. It's a blessing. Yeah, I, is, I enjoy it. Her questions are one of the reasons I, I have a great prayer life. Yeah. So <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, so, I'm thankful you guys are in my world to... Help me wrestle with my questions. Good. That's what we do. So what was what was the next question that you had there? Okay. So I was listening to an interview today on grief. The person being interviewed stated that not understanding God's reasons and asking why were honest and normal responses. He then said something to the effect of why is a cry of protest that eventually turns to how can I grow or change from this? And how can God be glorified in this? The statement, why is a cry of protest, is a very provocative statement to me. But mm. is it biblical? Mm. Yes, it is biblical if, if it is uh, from uh, a heart of genuine um, desperation, right? So uh, you see this in the Psalms. There are times in which... Uh, uh, the psalmist cries out, you know, how long, O oh Lord, will this suffering go on? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a common phrase used throughout the psalms. How long, O oh Lord, how long, O oh Lord? Same as saying, you know, why? Why is this happening, Lord? What's going on? You know, mm-hmm. help me understand this. You even see it with Job in the beginning, you know, before he really continued in his uh, questioning of the Lord, you know, questioning, you know, what what is what is happening, Lord? Why is this happening? What what do I need to learn from this? If that's the if that's the mindset behind it, we're trying to discern uh, what God is doing or or what needs to be learned or how we can grow through this. Then yeah yeah I mean there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the problem with it though is honestly I would say that's a rarity when we ask that question 
that it's truly a question of seeking to discern God's will in this in this matter, seeking to uh, grow in holiness and and trust and faith. Most of the time, when we ask that question, it is it is more of a statement of discontent, a statement of I don't like this, and we just because it's God, we say it more in a question because mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to be aggressively because we know that's disrespectful, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't have a problem with with uh, anybody asking why. Um, I just what I have a problem with because I, I see that in scripture, right? I mm-hmm. see people, uh, you know, questioning at that, especially the psalmist. So helpful, um, but. Where it, and I think Job is really informative here. Where it becomes a problem is if it persists, and it persists in unbelief, right? So a lot of the Psalms will even start out questioning, Lord, you know, how how long must this go on? Why is my enemy, you know, overtaking me, Lord? Why haven't you rescued us yet, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the psalmist will start out that way, and then by the end. He's praising the Lord and saying, but yet I will trust you. Yet I will remain uh, vigilant in, in, in praising you for your goodness and your grace. That's, that's fine. That's great. That's, that's, that's man uh, naturally working out his emotions biblically, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I think to deny that would be, uh, <laughs> would be uh, unreal. Mm-hmm. Right, because we are emotional and we must wrestle through that. Right, and mm-hmm. and I think there's a time in which that's healthy, but where it becomes unhealthy when the questioning is not genuine, it's instead it's anger towards God. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's never helpful. That's that's not right. Um, it's one thing to it's one thing to have genuine questions and just be confused. Mm-hmm. And Lord, this just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why is this happening? You know, and we all we all do that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was doing this, and this was going well, and you know, that's that's fine. There's there's no problem with that. I I even think there's a sense in which not the why, because he understood the why because he's sovereign and he he designed it. But even in the garden, right, with Jesus, you see Jesus not questioning the Father, so to speak, mm-hmm. but he's going to the Father and saying, "Is there another way?" Like yeah. you see that just heartfelt communion with the Father, and it's like. Jesus wasn't disrespecting the Father. He knew what was going to happen, but in his humanity, right, he's mm-hmm. understanding what's going to happen, and he's saying, Lord, is there another way? But his response is what is so critical, not my will, but yours be done. So if the why is questioned from a submissive spirit that says, Lord, I want to know what I need to learn from that. I want to grow. I want to understand, but Father... Maybe it's not your will to show me because you don't need to show me. You're God. You can do whatever you want to do. And so, Lord, if this is your will and, and it's it's not for me to know, then so be it, Lord. Just help me, you know, endure. Help me get through it. And thank you that you have promised already that your grace is sufficient. And you have promised that there is a way of escape from the temptation that I'm having in this to, to lash out and be angry and not trust you. And First Corinthians 10 is, is clear. There's a way of escape to endure it. And thank you for that promise, and I will trust in you. You know, if that's the perspective, then absolutely. That mm-hmm. is normal. That is good. That is right. And that's part of the process of going from the, the confusion, which is normal, to the submission and trust, which is ultimate, which is where you want to be. And um, so, yeah, and again, 
I'll go back to the book of Job because I think this is really helpful. The lesson, the biggest lesson I think you learn from Job is Job started asking the question, why? Mm-hmm. Right? Which, again, I don't think is a problem, but he never stopped. Once he started down that road, had he just submitted and trusted the Lord and and he kept going, building himself up, I don't deserve this, like that, when that becomes the drive behind the question why, now you're in sin, mm-hmm. right? Because you think you deserve better, right? And Job was starting to build his case against God, where why God was wrong and he was right, which was totally wrong. And um, and so when you get to the end of Job, I really think this is this is paramount and powerful pertaining to your question and just that whole question in general. The the what the lesson you learn is not why, it's who. The whole point of the book of Job is who. Who's in control. And here's the amazing thing. God finally talks in the last three chapters of Job. Job went on and on with his friends, right, back mm-hmm. and forth, back. And Job, every time, defending himself, defending himself. And he, and basically, at the end of it, Job's point is, God, if you'll just give me a chance. He, he says, I want a courtroom with you. I just want to present my case and prove to you why this is wrong, right? That's Job's. That's at the heart of what he was saying. And, uh, and, and he even said it in a gracious way at times, right? Mm-hmm. But he was still wrong. And he wasn't trusting the Lord. And at the end of the day, what you see is God never tells him why. We know, as the reader, what's going on with Satan involved and all of that. Job never told. As far as we know, he never learns, which is helpful because in many of our issues, we're never told, right? And so the answer is the same for us, just as it was for Job. Job never, even when he got his children back, his finances, his, his, his uh, houses and his people and all of that, restored back to him he still as far as we know was never told the answer why mm-hmm. however what he was told so clearly for three chapters god says you be quiet and just listen to me and he goes through the diatribe where were you when i created the stars where were you when i laid the foundations where were you when the billy goat gives birth on the backside of the alps where no one can even see and i'm there mm-hmm. you know and basically saying joe who are you and that's why he says, who is this that darkens my counsel without wisdom? You know nothing, Job. And his point is, you just need to trust me. I'm everything. I'm the creator. And that is the answer. That is the lesson of the book of Job. We want to go with the why. The book of Job teaches us, no, go with the who. Mm-hmm. Trust the Lord. And it's right back to Lamentations, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Jeremiah said. He had to learn. He was being driven to despair because he couldn't figure out, well, he knew why, but he was being driven to despair because he lost sight of who. Once he remembered the who, hope comes back. So it was with Job. Once he sees the who in verse chapter 42, he says, I once, uh, he said, before I thought I knew you, but now I see who you are and I repent of myself in dust and ashes. And he's, he even re- he even requotes God and says, who am I to darken your counsel with no wisdom. I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And he got it. He learned his lesson and was repentant. And hence why he was in every way the blameless man who walked the earth. So, yeah, that that is exactly um, the lesson we need to learn. So starting out that way is, is natural and I would even say normal, mm-hmm. but you can't stay there. You can't stay there. If it's a genuine confusion, Lord, help me understand this so I can grow, that's 
there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that is uh, a submissive, teachable spirit. But sadly, for most of us, our hearts are so deceptive, it goes right into the complaining, discontent, I don't deserve this, the pride, and that's all sin. Mm. Every time you answer a question, I got to read another book. Last podcast, <laughs> now I got to go back and read Lamentations from the last podcast. Sorry, man. This podcast is like, I got to go back and read Job. because this. Can I read the last? This This is some of the best verses in all the Old Testament, in all the Bible for, in many ways, especially as it pertains to suffering and, and uh, Job 42. It is powerful, especially as it builds off of the story, like I was just saying, right? And again, I love that. Job is not about answering why. Job is about declaring who. And that should be our life, mm-hmm. right? I don't know why. I don't know why this happens. I don't know why that happens. I don't know why, you know, many things happen the way they do. I once got an infection so bad they were going to cut my leg off, mm. and they still to this day have no idea where the infection came from, and I have no idea why any of that happened. Like, literally, they, I mean, it was like serious, seven doctors around the bed, and, and I mean, it was ridiculous, and I still to this day have no idea why. Don't but, even know why we went through that. You're talking as Matt, not as Job right no, now, right? No, no. Okay. And, and it was just like, I mean, and there's myriads of things in our lives where we're just, we never know why. God is doing what he does, and it's always good, and it's always right. We just need to trust him, right? Listen to Job. I know, this is Job speaking, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And now he quotes him, he quotes God about Job. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. And then he quotes again, here, I will speak, I will question you, and you make it known to me. That's He's quoting God. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Powerful. Mm. That should be the heartbeat, our heartbeat daily. Mm. Lord, I thought I knew you, but now I see you. And notice, blameless man, honored by God as the greatest man and that time, mm-hmm. then I despise myself. The modern hmm. s- psychology would say that's being too harsh. Mm-hmm. No, this guy got it. Mm-hmm. I look at myself and think I am a wicked man. Mm-hmm. And what's the right response? Introspection, depression, downward spiral. No, repent mm-hmm. in dust and ashes. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And he did it. So powerful. That's good. So powerful. Well, uh, sorry. This is a two-question podcast, just like all the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> we only do two questions at a time. Hey, listen, uh, I can take time. If, yeah, no, no, this is good. Let's, let's do a Q and A. We'll do shotgun, man. Just shotgun answers. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're capable of that. You Matt. know what? And, and here's the thing: it's not necessarily you being Learn capable. <laughs> it's not necessarily you being capable. It's you know one of your famous lines. I have a lot to say about that. Oh, like yeah. you always have. You you know the scriptures well enough that and and here's the thing the, the scriptures are kind of like spaghetti, it's like when you once you get one then there's another one that's attached to that and there's another one attached and it's all is all good stuff so I don't want to stop you sometimes but for the sake of time I have to stop you no, you know good. I um, don't have much to say but scripture has a lot to say yeah yeah and I, and I you know. I, it's it's a lot, and and uh, like I said, it's it's not necessarily you. It's the scripture is so it's rich fun. that you gotta you know you gotta pull it out, it's and, a and I get it. 
So she has a this final question here that we won't have time to talk about this uh, in in the uh, podcast. But uh, this is a question that we can at least get started on, and we're actually going to start a little bit of a, a mini-series or a major series, however long it takes for us to get through it uh, about after, this. After Sunday's sermon that's coming, I think it'll be a, it'll be a major series comes yeah. out of that. Yeah. So, uh, so go ahead and ask your last question, dear. All right. So I recently had a conversation with a trusted friend who told me I held a very immature understanding of marriage. Mm. It was hard to hear, but completely accurate. How would you best explain the purpose of marriage? And just so y'all know, that was not me. I did was not, not say that. Was not buddy. Yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So ultimately, okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a number of reasons why marriage exists. God is the designer of marriage. Most people lose sight of this, and some people don't even know it. Man never created marriage. This is not an invention of man. Man didn't come up with this idea. Man would never come up with this idea, honestly, if you think about it. Um, man would always run from this for multiple reasons. God designed marriage. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. It's a beautiful picture. He designed it. He declared it. He orchestrated it. So the purpose is, is, is clearly defined by him. What is that? At the end of the day, there's about... I don't know, six, seven reasons why God designed marriage. Companionship, clearly. Procreation, bringing forth children, clearly. Um, sanctification, clearly. Um, uh, effectiveness in ministry, clearly. You know, wife is a helper, husband's a leader, right? And together they make an effective team. The, the leader is better because of the helper, and the helper is better because of the leader, right? They work together. That's clearly, you know, again, a reason, a purpose. Um, at the end of the day, though, uh, marriage is for God's glory. It's all supposed to point to him. And this becomes really, really clear in Ephesians chapter 5, um, Paul talks about that it was a mystery before uh, Christ came. And this is amazing, and I love this about marriage. Paul makes it really clear, quoting out of Genesis 2, that this was unknown. It was mysterious that marriage was designed by God to be this glorious picture, this living illustration of Christ's love for his church and the church's love for Christ. This beautiful, ongoing, perpetual picture across the globe, wherever marriage is found, and it's God-honoring. That was his design from the beginning. He even says that in Ephesians 5. From the beginning, this was the design. We didn't know it in Genesis, right? We knew all the other reasons, and we knew that it was for his glory. It was He created man and woman, not for each other, but for him, right? And so it all goes back to him. But at the end of the day, the ultimate purpose was that marriage would be a living gospel placard, like a neon sign declaring gospel love. This is what it looks like. Gospel love. This is what it looks like. This is why God takes marriage so serious, because it's supposed to be an illustration of himself in, in his love for the gospel. So that's why he hates divorce. He hates divorce because it's totally antithetical. It's totally opposite of the gospel. There is no divorce in the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. God doesn't, like, you know, we are, i.e. Christians, are called the bride of Christ, right? We marry Christ. In the gospel, we become the bride. 
And Jesus doesn't divorce us. It doesn't work that. We didn't lose your salvation. You, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. You are given the gift of faith and repentance. You are drawn to the, to the groom, Christ, and then you, we are married in the gospel. One day we will literally be married in heaven to Christ. I mean, it's a beautiful picture. Well, marriage depicts that. Marriage is a temporal, earthly illustration of that. And that is, that is by far its greatest point. And I will say without reservation, somebody who does marriage counseling I, I, almost every month on some level, I'm counseling, doing marriage counseling, literally every week. But, you know, it goes through ups and downs. I'm getting ready to do a whole nother series of marriage counseling with a couple that will be married in December. I mean, it just doesn't stop. Just mm-hmm. always going. And this is one of those areas that most people lose sight of. Either they never know it, they never learned it, or they've forgotten it. And it really is about that. So the role of the husband is to be uh, the uh, display of Christ in that home. You are not Christ, but you are to display Christ's love for his church. That's why Ephesians 5 says, Therefore, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And uh, that's, that is an impossible task, a daunting task, apart from God's grace. Wife is supposed to love her husband as, Christ, or as the church loves Christ. What does that mean? The church submits to Christ. The church supports Christ. The church um, elevates Christ. The church is all about Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the world is supposed to see, a wife who's enamored with her husband, supporting her husband, serving her husband, not, not, uh, not above Christ, but because of Christ. And that's what Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 Submit to your husband as to Christ. So as, you, as the wife submits to her husband, she's submitting to her husband because Christ is in the background, so to speak, right? She's mm-hmm. doing it for that. Just as the membership submits to the leadership of the church, right? They do it not necessarily because of the leadership, but because of Christ. And so absolutely, that's the ultimate purpose of marriage, and that's how God is ultimately glorified. And I know that we've opened up a whole... Uh, glorious, glorious can of worms that I can't wait to talk about because you, you have no idea. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Marriage is greater than most people realize. It is so important, and we won't be married in heaven, mm-hmm. and that's why the marriage illustration is so powerful because it's all preparation for the day when we will see our groom, Christ, face to face and be married to Him forever. And marriage is to prepare us for that. Mm-hmm. to get us excited for that it's it's yeah it's glorious yeah i i wasn't even paying attention to the clock <laughs> like i literally was just like oh this is good yeah well <laughs> well let me do this real uh real quick well the gospel of jesus christ is extremely simple uh and and so amazing uh god is holy he's righteous uh he is everlasting uh, we are uh, sinful and we are created beings and uh, we sin and we were born into sin. So uh, because of that, uh, God has to, as a just God, he has to punish us for that sin. Uh, and in the midst of that, his love shines through and uh, he allows us, uh, the sinners, to uh, to turn away from that sin and repent. Uh, he gives us that opportunity. He gives us that choice. And uh, through Jesus' blood, our sins can be covered. Uh, but we have to repent and believe in that. And that is our choice uh, as a sinful creature. 
thank you all so much for tuning into the Truth Talks podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed uh, our second series of question and answers. Um, feel free to send in any questions that you have uh, at info at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Uh, they will, you know, as, as long as it's a, it's a pretty good question, uh, we will, uh, do it. Most of the questions we do answer anyway. Uh, so this is, like I said, this is going to start a little mini series of us just talking about marriage and everything like that. What you all don't know that this was a mini counseling session for me and my wife. Uh, so, you know, we, we are privileged to have that, but if you have any questions, feel free. Uh, to give those to us, to send those to us. It's all about discipleship. All about discipleship. It never stops. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. Yeah. From day one, I've told you Truth Talks for me is all about discipling Buddy. Yep. That's that's what it is. And being being learned by Buddy. (laughs) Y'all just get to hear everything. So if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do. And thank you all for tuning in this time. We're going to have more and more uh, content coming your way. And we are very appreciative of you all listening please check out the uh the uh instagram as well thank you all for tuning in take care delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth a ministry of bellcroft bible church